Our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. Friends, listen now for a word from God. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asked you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down from the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all of the miracles they had seen. Blessed is this king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Friends, these are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving God, pour out your Holy Spirit onto these words this morning. Open our hearts and our ears to hear your Spirit. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen. Do you all remember the last time you went somewhere? I went to Seattle a few weeks ago. I booked my flights and I reserved my hotel. I got excited to see all of my seminary friends again and I packed my bags. I made sure that I had books with me, both real books and audibles, my neck pillow, the boarding pass on the phone because who has time for paper anymore? I looked up the top 10 list of things to do in Seattle, and I made my priorities, the Space Needle and Fisherman's Wharf. I prepared. I got ready. I prepared for my grand entry into Seattle, or the land of Grey's Anatomy as I know it, a lot differently than Jesus prepared to go into Jerusalem. I wonder if the disciples really knew why they were going to Jerusalem. I wonder if they were ready or if they were prepared. Jesus and his disciples have already made the roughly 16-mile trip from their last stop in Jericho with Zacchaeus, remember, to Bethany, to the Mount of Olives. They had been on this journey for weeks stopping in various towns, speaking, and teaching as they moved toward Jerusalem for Passover. 
The Passover is one of the pretty major Jewish holidays or festivals. And remember, Jesus was indeed a Jew. It's the holiday that reminds the Jewish people of the great exodus out of Egypt. Remember when Moses says, let my people go? But Pharaoh ignored God, and then God sent those plagues. And then Moses did indeed lead the people out of Egypt through that red parted sea towards the promised land. Passover celebrates the exodus, that story. So it was common in this time for people to travel to Jerusalem for Passover, much like we would travel to go see our family around a holiday, like Jesus and his disciples were doing. They gather here in Bethany, and this is the very last place that they stop before they enter into the city of Jerusalem. And instead of checking Audible for the status of that book download before they leave, Jesus does something else. The disciples were used to Jesus teaching them weird things and for him explaining things differently, but I wonder how familiar it was for them to hear Jesus make such an odd request. Before they go any further, he asked two of his disciples to go on ahead and to retrieve a colt, a young male horse, or a donkey, as we learned from the children, not a flamingo. This creature that Jesus wants is young and relatively small in stature. It's not grand, nor does it exude royalty and power. It's humble. So he tells them to go and to get this donkey, and if anyone asks, to just say, the Lord needs it. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were one of those disciples, I would probably have some concerns and some questions about those instructions. Going up to a stranger's space and taking a donkey I wasn't sure belonged to me. But the disciples trust Jesus, and they do it anyway. And when the owner of the donkey does indeed ask what they're doing, the response that Jesus prepared them with is enough. They take the colt back to Jesus, and then the disciples do something a little weird this time. One starts to take off his coat and put it on the back of the donkey before they help Jesus up to sit on it. When Jesus climbs up on that donkey and starts to ride into the city, that ancient prophecy from Zechariah is fulfilled. And as Jesus moves toward Jerusalem, others follow. They start taking off their own coats, and instead of laying it on the donkey, they lay their coats on the road, lining Jesus' path into the city of Jerusalem. Now, at this point, a relatively large crowd has already gathered between Jerusalem and Bethphage. Some scholars suggest even that there were 200,000 pilgrims in the city that day. That city normally only has 40,000 people that live there. Among them, the pilgrims and the people of Jerusalem, there seems to be this growing sense of anticipation and a buildup of excitement as Jesus enters into the city. 
Perhaps the crowd even saw the disciples take off their coats and lay them down on the ground because they start to follow suit, doing the same without any hesitation or worry. They reach up from the trees and start to cut branches off, and they start to wave them. Can you imagine what that sight really looked like? The road towards Jerusalem, lined with brown and gray coats from some 200,000 people lying there on the ground. And people on both sides of the road, waving in their palms, shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest, with these hope-filled smiles. All of this celebration as Jesus enters in to Jerusalem. He's not really coated in armor or anything. He doesn't come into the city surrounded by shields and spears. He's not riding up on some full-grown high horse with fancy braided hair adorned in richly dyed fabrics. But he enters into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey under a parade of waving palms. It's pretty humble, if you ask me. As Jesus finally enters into that city, some Pharisees, remember the the city leaders, the rule followers, they warn Jesus. They tell him to keep his disciples quiet. It's a hush. But Jesus looks at them and he tells them that if his followers were to keep quiet, if they were to be quiet, even the stones would cry out. The story about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, it's in all of the other Gospels too, but only Luke's version has this part about the stones. If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. There are a few different theories about what Jesus could have meant, but the one that I think is most convincing is about God's message of love. See, even if the disciples and the followers weren't shouting, this message that the one coming in the name of the Lord is on the way, and there is peace in heaven, would still be heard, even from the stones. Jesus' odd remark about the stone shouting is a reminder that God's love will not stop, even if the people do. Stones will shout about God's love, even. You know, for a holy day that we attribute a lot of pomp and circumstance to, there sure isn't a whole lot of pomp and circumstance in this story. Jesus doesn't enter the city wearing pride. Instead, he enters in wearing humility. God's humble servant arrives in Jerusalem to do what God created him to do, to die on a cross, redeeming the world of its sin. What occurs this week that begins on this day of Palm Sunday is God creating peace with humility. God is vulnerable. God is selfless. God is humble. A few weeks ago, as I was walking home and talking to my sister on the phone, that's a thing that I like to do now, she told me this story. 
a little precursors from this story. She's doing this young adult volunteer year through the PCUSA, and as a young adult volunteer, or a YAV as they're commonly called, she lives in a house with a few other YAVs like her, where they all work for different nonprofits around a city, and hers is in New Orleans. So she was telling me about this remarkable woman that comes into one of her work sites. She comes in every single week to this program called Program of Hope. It's a mission out of the Presbytery of Southern Louisiana to serve the homeless and those at risk of being homeless. Once a week, people can come in for things like lunches, clothing, shelter vouchers, access to social workers, and bus tokens. And the volunteers give out these tickets that are sort of like checklists upon arrival. So you get the checklist and then you access the different resources. So when this lady comes in and gets her ticket, before she goes around and checks anything off her list, she asks around for a pen. When she finds a pen, she looks around for a quiet spot and she pauses for a minute to write messages on her ticket, her checklist. She writes things like, God bless you, or thanks be to God for you, on her list. Molly, my sister, noticed these notes on the tickets for a few weeks, and she finally asked the lady why she takes the time to do this, as she's the only one who's not in a rush to get the resources. And the lady responded to her by saying, it's just what I do. It's just what I do. It's not so that she could be praised or so that people will tell her thank you and think she's such a wonderful person. No. It's just her small, humble act of kindness. It's humble. I wonder how we can show humility, show that same sense of humbleness towards one another this holy week. I wonder if we'll take off our cloaks, our coats, and lay them on the street to welcome Jesus into the city like the people of Jerusalem did. Will we praise and follow a king who enters the city on the back of a borrowed donkey, a humble creature, rather than one entering in on a motorcade? Will we shout the truth? Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace on, in heaven and glory in the highest. Hosanna, this truth that is too good to keep quiet. Will we be unashamed to show gratitude for the grace and the mercy that is freely given to us? Even though we join the crowds today shouting Hosanna, welcoming Jesus, but on Friday we'll join that same crowd that shouts crucify him. Will we follow a humble God or will we turn away? I think that's a choice that you make. And I hope you'll choose to follow and choose to be humble. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.